The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, and my Redeemer. Psalm 19, verse 14. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to the Social Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I have the pleasure of your company for an hour this week to offer homeschool insights and delights from our household, where God is present in the nitty-gritty as we insist on doing it our way. Everywhere I turn, I'm being told to wait, and I'm singing the Lord's song upon an alien soil. Oh, my. My energy is returning, and I really can see the sun lurking up there behind the clouds. After seven weeks of gloom, I feel I may be trapped in a C.S. Lewis tale of always winter but never Christmas. Each I entice a truly marvellous person to pop over and join me for part of the show. I offer intangibles like social media exposure because I can't hand round plates of sandwiches or pour cups of tea. I promise I would if I could. My fearless guests join me anyway to talk about aspects of family life which usually relate to homeschooling and always speak straight to the heart of parents who place the responsibility of child rearing above their highest joy. With me today is... Shanna Godfrey, who's been on a couple of times before. She's a rocket scientist success in a man's world and a super mum who raises children of all ages, writes books and homeschools. So stay with me because today we're going to be talking about our older children who think they're all grown up. On the home front, I'll be going on about life, taking a trip with your family to London, obedience and scheduling freedom. I've a cup of tea and a scone today and this is my last stop before the fish shop. So what are we waiting for? This week has been a powerful one. That's the only word I can find to describe the events, rather like playing in a strong sea with towering waves attempting to body surf. If you catch it right, jumping up to harness the force of the water, you're lifted along, feeling exuberant in the confident and strong support of the sea beneath your body as you're rushed towards the beach. And you stand up a little breathless, lightheaded but energized, ready to go again. But if you jump too late, the water catches you and turns into a whirlpool of deafening power. It spins you out of control because you're caught up against the flow and then you're hurtled through the water not knowing which way is up. You stagger to your feet on the shore gasping for breath, drained and exhausted, just wanting to lie down and rest. Same energy, only different results and my life this week was wavy. Parts of it were exhilarating, others were worrisome and still others sucked me dry. My cold 
turned to a sinus infection. I really wasn't aware of the slow creep towards debilitation until after the weekend when I was scheduled to see the doctor for quite another matter. My teeth ached, my neck was stiff, my temples were pounding, my head hurt and felt heavy on my neck. I couldn't even lift it off my pillow. It needed to come off. I couldn't bow my head in prayer. A typical Monday morning, right? And it was the doctor who pronounced a sinus infection and prescribed those wonder tablets. And as I said to my blue-eyed cowboy, I always feel so much better after I've been ill. Worrisome news from 4,000 miles away always buffets me. My Perry Poppins daughter has found herself in a homeless and jobless state. She's pretty resourceful when she sets her mind to it, but without us there to provide the family haven... I think she's seeing life through different contact lenses now. All I can offer is an ear and non-judgmental conversations through tears and laughter while she tries to come up for air. Luckily, she is no longer six hours away from family and can call upon the support of two brothers and an aunt and uncle. But the sense that she went from having complete independence to having to rely on others again is a bitter pill for her to swallow. And I know you other parents out there feel this too. The fact that I'm having to watch from afar while others take over the role of parenting is a bitter pill for me to swallow. I begin to doubt myself as mum, unable to separate her life from mine. Somehow her youthful decisions are directly related to how I raised her. Ho-hum, same old, same old. Truly, having children under 12 is a blessing. Now, don't get me wrong, I enjoy my young adults and I think God grows us together. So as I mature, wisen up and chill out, my children pull away and flex their muscles and worship at the altar of irresponsibility. Well, in my eyes, at least. I lie down on my yoga mat and breathe. God goes ahead of me and those for whom I pray with grace, he waits for us to catch up. I go before you to prepare a place for you. John 14, 3. How beautiful is that? Almost as beautiful as the roses I am happy to be looking at from my window. The uplifting part of my week must come later because I want to talk about another important factor to consider when you're contemplating homeschooling. I've talked about finances and taking the economic lemming leap, but the most important thing to consider, even before the money aspect, is can I command obedience not only from my offspring but from myself my three-year-old daughter aptly commented when she was trying to toe the line one day if god wants us to be good then why did he make being naughty so easy bless her heart i'm still asking that question as the cornerstone of our christian faith obedience meets us at every turn if we're planning on educating our children successfully whether at home or away it's a critical ingredient in the parenting arena made doubly so in their environment culture and adult interactions don't change drastically during the day being at home 24 7 has its challenge how do we balance the formality and discipline of the school day with the more casual approach during mealtimes and recreation? Is there such a thing as recess in the homeschool or quiet study time? Is there a difference between parenting and teaching or do the two blend? For the seasoned homeschooler who has obedience and discipline pretty well sewn up, the atmosphere can be more like an apprenticeship or discipleship or even menteeship. Do all these ships sound voluntarily? gladly done, yearned for, respectfully aspired to? Well, they should, because the climate in which obedience best thrives is one of willing acquiescence, a fully vested commitment to and desire to obey out of respect of fulfillment of personal excellence. We need to model obedience for our children. How willing am I to submit to one in authority and how graciously do I do it?
As I said to the nuns, I obeyed out of a need for peer approval. I didn't internalize that behavior. It didn't go with me when I left school. I was a rebel in the making. And consequently, I had to learn how to obey for other reasons than approval or fear. I'm still learning, and I hope my children are further along than I am. Ha ha. Well, what does it mean to obey? There are certain rules we have to abide by. Traffic, law enforcement, paying taxes. We should strive to be upright, law-abiding citizens in all that we do, including homeschooling and the individual state requirements for that freedom. Then there's the obedience called for when we took our marriage vows to love and to cherish in sickness and health until death us do part, saying, yes, I'll be your partner over and over again, as my guest last week said. How do we adhere to the promises we made to keep in touch with friends when we move away or to care for the sick or lonely around us or do we do that how faithful are we about the pledges we make to support our churches or missionaries do we have obedient hearts do we really want to do what is right out of love out of submission or to someone or something greater than us or do we do it out of fear guilt duty or resentment as far as our children go do we model our walk with god as deuteronomy 6 2 instructs us to keep all his statutes and his commandments which i command you all the days of your life and furthermore in verse 6 these commandments that i give you today are to be upon your hearts impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up this sounds like walking the walk to me setting the example paving the way gently molding and shaping mentoring discipling apprenticing not a one hour lesson twice a week but a way of living dare i say it lifestyle and the commandments we're supposed to be talking about well you don't have to be a homeschooler or even a christian to benefit from these if you go back and look them over carefully exodus 20 verses 1 to 17 tonight say just before you go to bed you'll find that they are quite self-explanatory 10 gems of godly foresight from 2,000 years ago, which helped my husband and I maintain the rules and regulations we'd set up in our home to raise up our children in obedience. We didn't have to reinvent the wheel. The laws are already in place, and they're few and simple and designed not to take the fun out of our days, as so many consider rules to do, but to protect us from the angst we're bound to bring from upon ourselves if we decide to go ahead and do our own thing. Family values grow from obedience. A real internalizing of its meaning changes how we view our world and how we relate to others. All of this was lofty stuff for my young homeschoolers. I persevered anyway, never wanting to dumb anything down around my budding prodigies. Here's a look at one of God's specials and how our children relate to it in a very creative way. We'd covered the first four commandments, all dealing with God's jealousy, his oneness, zero tolerance where idols were concerned, no worshipping of anything or anyone other than him, and remember to address him reverently, no taking his name in vain, ever. Rest on the Sabbath, one day a week, that's all, dedicate it to God, just do it. Then came the six dealing with his creation, namely, we mortals, honor your parentals, abhor, killing, avoid adultery. Skit over that one quite well with the accent on the first two syllables, adultery. Don't steal and refrain from gossiping. We were down to the final command. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, wife, animal, slaves, or anything that belongs to him. Why is it always him, asked my oldest girl, reading more into the commandment than she should at six. A girl could have all those things too, couldn't she? 
well, not a wife. It was during our morning Bible class, and we were in our second year of homeschooling, so they were still preteen, and I was still a bit wet around the ears. I'd explained that neighbor also meant brother or sister, but the word him was very clearly mentioned here. Darn. I should have found a translation that continued with the gender-neutral word neighbor. I could see the lesson on coveting was going to go astray if I didn't rein things in. And it looks as though I need to hop off onto a break in just a moment. So a fabulous guest lined up for you. She's been on my show a couple of times before and offered some lovely insights for the new year at the end of the very end of last year. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and go on a short break and I'll be right back after these few short messages to talk to Shanna Godfrey. So... Off you go, get your water and come back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose and all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. 
my guest this afternoon last spoke to us when she shared her New Year thoughts at the tail end of last year. Shanna Godfrey is a scientist and project manager in the aerospace and defense industry. She has 14 children and taught them how to read using her own method, which she now markets as the Godfrey Method, a set of phonics books. Shanna has a lot of experience dealing with children and all their unique challenges and gifts. She knows what it's like to be a single parent, to raise foster children, and to partner with her husband. She has experience with blended families, raising twins, and reconciling science and religion. Today, we're going to be talking about those older, ready-to-be-sprung-on-the-world children and how we can safely let them express themselves without our identities being threatened. Oh, and I nearly forgot to mention that she does homeschool. I don't know if I said that above. Good morning. Or good, good morning, afternoon, Vivian. Shanna. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Is it morning where you are? Uh, no, it's afternoon. Okay, well, it's sort of afternoon. It's late afternoon for me, but in Texas, it's afternoon just. So uh, we're all over the place. <laughs> so how are you doing? It's been, it's been what, six months since you spoke to us about um, your New Year um, wishes or, or ideas. So what have you been doing? Well, um, Oh, you I were getting ready to have a grandchild. Yes, yes. I've had two <laughs> grandchildren since that time. My son had a little boy and my daughter had a little girl, so... We're just bursting at the seams. Oh, well, good, good. Not in your house, though. I know. <laughs> no, <laughs> the family keeps growing, and I'm so happy. Well, good. I love babies, and, you know, I'm done having mine. My youngest is almost 12, so it's really fun to have babies in the family. Oh, good, good. Uh, do they live close by? Uh, no, they don't, unfortunately, but I have to go visit. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, that gives you a good excuse to pick up and, and go. So, oh, yes, can you do that? I mean, you're, you're, you're not working, are you? Are you still at home? I am working. Yes, I oh, am. And so, we've switched gears. My husband is doing the homeschooling. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. How's he liking it? Well, he's just started. Um, I recently got a new job, and he recently got his layoff notice, but it's all good. It's all working out. And so, uh, he's being Mr. Mom and switching gears and. and uh, they're trying to figure out their curriculum this summer so they can get started. All right. So how many has he has he got? We still have three at home is okay. all. Most of them are grown and gone. Okay. Well, so you've got a 12-year-old and what are the other two ages? Two 14-year-olds. All right. All girls, all boys? Uh, two girls and a boy. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's nice and close, 12 and 14, so you can pretty much do quite a lot at the same time, right? Right, right. And they're independent, fairly independent. So yeah. it's it's a lot easier than when they were little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And but you know what? I was I was saying earlier on that um those of you who got children under 12, you know, it's it's in a way once they they start to get older and having minds of their own in a way it's kind of it was it was easier when you look back when they were younger and you could actually tell them what to do and expect them to obey and, and you know, sort of toe the line. But uh, it's a whole different story when they start to get a little bit older. That's the truth. Yeah. And listen, Shanna, Shanna how, did you, how did you, as your children grew and became sort of semi-independent, then completely independent, and they started making these decisions, which I'm sure we also made when we were younger and caused our parents' hair to turn gray. How did you, how did you deal with not kind of flagellating yourself and saying, it's all my fault, I went wrong when I was bringing them up? How did you do that? Well, you know, I actually used to do that, and um, 
But I tended to want to take credit when they were doing things good and right Mm -hmm. and make them take responsibility when they were doing things wrong. And one day my daughter Serenity says, now, Mom, you can't do that. If you're going to take credit for all my good, you have to take credit for all my bad. (laughs) And if you want me to take responsibility for all my bad, then you better let me take responsibility for my good. She says, I'm making choices. You did your job. I'm making choices. It's not all your fault. And that kind of really set my mind straight. And I think that that scripture um, in the Old Testament, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Well, do you notice it says when he is old? <laughs> it doesn't say anything about the in-between years. <laughs> it's been my experience that some of my children have grown up and wanted to experiment with things I don't agree with. But several of them have come back around. Yeah. You know, they, they, they realize through experience, oh, mom was right. Yeah. And start they... coming back around and getting their senses and stuff. And so I just love that that scripture says when they are old, they will not depart from it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to remember and relax that if we've taught them right, they yeah. will come back. Yeah, well, let's hope that they're not so old that we're not even here to see it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think yeah. also the key is as long as they still feel loved. Uh, I made the mistake when my older children were first moving out or getting married or having children, that I still wanted to give them all kinds of advice. Mm-hmm. They resented it. They resented yeah. it a lot. I have had to learn to bite my tongue and only give advice when they ask me. Okay, and that's that. really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you and I, we've learned from our experiences in the School of Hard Knocks, and we can see the pathway, and we want to warn them. And some children will listen to some warning, but some just dig in their heels and do not want to be told. Mm -hmm. And I've really had to learn which children I just need to just, you know, wait till they ask me or leave it alone. And it's hard. My ego gets involved. Mm -hmm. I'm the mom. Why don't they want to listen to me? They should Mm -hmm. respect me. No. Mm -hmm. It's time for them to want to make their own decisions and not be having me on their shoulder, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you, you you become a safe place for them to be able to come and admit that, you know, they've made a mistake and, you you know, the unconditional love is there. You know, you're always going to love them. You're always going to make them feel welcome and unjudged. Well, right. I mean, that's a tough thing as well because, you know, I sometimes feel judged because I felt that my parents really, you know, stood in judgment. And I don't know whether they did or not. I'd never asked them. But... You know, sometimes if you feel that you're being judged, you imagine that your children are going to feel judged, even though you're trying really hard not to do that. And it's so difficult, isn't it? It is. And we're so used to correcting them as they're growing mm-hmm. up that, mm-hmm. that we just think we're helping. Mm-hmm. They don't feel that way. They feel criticized yeah. or they feel like we think they're not capable. Yeah. You know, and, and so you... go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was just going to say we need to let them feel capable even if we don't always agree, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also not stepping in every time they make a mistake. Right. Even if they ask for a sort of help, sort of 
trying to, you know, draw it out of them. Well, you know, you've been in the situation before or maybe you've experienced a similar situation. What do you think you should do? You know, how do you think, you know, not come running to mum and dad and, you know, I need money or, oh, I need you to help me get my, you know, insurance sorted out or whatever it is, you know. Well, you know what? There's something to be said for the struggle. A little bit of struggle makes us mature, Mm -hmm. makes us wiser. And, you know, I'm a a Christian, and and I know you are, and um, I want my children to rely on God. And one thing I have found out is if I make it too easy for them or I come to their rescue, they don't need God. Ah. I'm their God, basically. Mm -hmm. And I have to step back and let go and let God. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's been times I've had to say, well, have you prayed about it? What feelings are you getting about it? What promptings do you feel? What thoughts have come? You know, you need to take this to God and see what he wants you to do. And that's hard because um, especially especially when what they're doing affects my grandchildren. You know, if it was just my grown grown children, I could let them dangle on their own for a while. But when they have little children, I just want to go save them and fix everything. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I can't. Sometimes I need to let them struggle a little, as long as the children aren't being neglected or abused, you know. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. I just have to let them turn to God and not mom. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes you watch your children and you know they they they're doing things that you think are irrational. They don't think in the least that what they're doing is irrational. They also don't <laughs> imagine that it's affecting anybody else but them. You know, they don't seem to have that feeling of, oh my gosh, how would mom and dad feel about this after, you know, they've the way they've raised us and stuff like that. You know, my daughter will say something like, you know, I don't really need mom and dad's approval anymore. And I'm going, well, you know, maybe that might be a little bit of a check before you do something. Oh, what would mom and dad say about this? Rather like God's watching, you know, what would, how would God feel about me doing this? And if, if, if you think, oh, you know, they'd be proud or they'd be fine, then that's all right. But if, if you go, well, I really don't want them to find out. Isn't that a red flag? And they kind of look at me and go, Oh, I've just quashed some of their freedom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but, you know, a, a little bit of guilt's not a bad thing. Our society is so um, scared of the word guilt anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little bit of guilt motivates us to try to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's different than just heaping on piles of guilt to try to control somebody. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, some mothers on TV, you see them do that, and everyone thinks, oh, I know somebody just like that. That's one thing we need to not do is use guilt to try to get our way. No. And, and, but a, a little bit of guilt. But, you know, we don't need to give them anymore. They've, we've taught them right from wrong their whole lives. Whatever they have is already there. And they might ignore it for a little while. But, again, they will learn by their experience. They will come back. That's what we have to do. We have to have trust in God that they're his children and he loves them, and he will bring them back, too. Mm. And I think the prayers of a mother are very powerful, especially praying for the welfare of her children. And sometimes we just have to turn it over to him. Mm. They'll remember those whisperings. They'll remember those teachings. Mm. But you know what? I have found several of my children don't get it until they have kids of their own. Yeah. Then suddenly they want to clean up their life, 
Mm-hmm. And <laughs> do what's right and be a good example for their children. And so sometimes you just have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shana, we've got to go on a short, short break um, in just a few seconds, and it's just for a few moments. So um, I'm talking to Shana Godfrey, and we're talking about our older children and letting them go. Do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Hello, I'm talking to Shanna Godfrey, who raised, was it 14 children, Shanna? Yes, uh uh-huh. 14 children and she has this um, outstanding career in science and uh, you know so in a man's world as well as being a fantastic mom so um, we're talking about older children and I think as homeschoolers we imagine that we should be exempt from all of those worldly problems that are going on out there with those children that are other institutions um, that we have, um, you know, sort of taken our children out of or decided not to participate in. And then when our children, it, it comes as a shock when our children begin to buy into this, you know, sort of secular and this worldly environment that you have tried to, you know, sort of protect them from or steer them, you know, sort of the, the safe way around it. And uh, 
I think a lot of homeschoolers feel watched, you know, and, and compared and judged. We used this word judged earlier. Um, how, how, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, are, are homeschool children supposed to be exempt from all of these troubles or are they just as vulnerable? Well, um, you would hope they're less vulnerable. I think it depends on a lot of factors. Um, you know, if we shield them too much from the world, then when they go to college, it's a culture shock. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to handle it. But then if we dump them too far into the world, like in public school, mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of times draws them away from the good values we want them to have. And so I think as homeschoolers, we're instilling good values. But somewhere we need to um, gently expose them a little bit to what the philosophies of the world are and things going on out there and then discuss it. Maybe do some role playing. How would you handle this? How would you handle that? Um, Because it can be really hard on somebody who's been really sheltered to um, then go out on their own. Mm, mm. Yeah, I know, and those are the ones that get into the most trouble because they have no tools. Right, and they've, they've got no skills on how to, uh, you know, fend off some of these uh, uh, offers they get out there. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a balancing act. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing that we can't shield them forever, we kind of have to prepare them to be in the world but not of the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's really hard. One thing, um, you know, a lot of philosophies in the world talk about liberty and and, uh, I can do what I want. But one thing I always told my children is, you know what, liberty is tied to responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, You may have your freedom to choose, but then you're responsible for that choice. And when my one teenage son uh, would say, I can do what I want. I would say, that's true, but you don't get to pick the consequences. Mm. And, you know, life has a lot of natural consequences, and we can maybe do what we want, but we really can't get away from the consequences. Yeah, and, you know, there are are some... I think there are some children who have to actually experience that. I was very much of a, I could read about it and be all right. You know, I didn't have to go out there and experience any of this stuff. But I read some pretty depressing books and I read all, uh, you know, all kinds of books about all kinds of lives. Um, and I loved it but never wanted to do it. You know, I wasn't that kind of a person. But, you know, there are some children who are very, very bold and very, kind of I, I think it takes a lot of courage to do some of the things they do and they actually want to get get the hands dirty <laughs> yeah some yeah. of them don't believe it until it happens to them exactly and... yeah <laughs> well you know I like to think about it like this um, here's an analogy or some symbolism we when it comes to say a disease mm-hmm. we can get the disease and maybe die Or we could get the disease and we get some immunities and we get better, but now we're immune to that disease. Or we could go get an immunization shot and be protected and not get the disease and not die. Mm. And I think life is like that and people are kind of like that. Some people, they can go get the immunity shot, like read about it or see it happen to somebody else and say, I'm good. I, I don't need to do that. I don't need to experience that for myself. I can see how that ends. Mm. Some people 
are like getting the illness and then fighting it and getting the antibodies and, and overcoming and not getting it again. Maybe they did go down a bad road and they tried something, learned from their experience, and says, I never want to do that again. And some people go ahead and try it and end up being addicted or, or you know, uh, not overcoming it, having it overcome them, and maybe even eventually dying. And so there's, you know, three different ways we can deal with the temptations out there in the world and the things that there are. I'm more like you in a lot of ways. Um, when I was a child, I read this book, Go Ask Alice, and it was about a young girl who um, died from an overdose of drugs, but her parents, after she died, published her diary, and it went through the whole uh, journey she took with high school and peer pressure and getting into drugs and getting out of drugs and then having a relapse. And I read that book. I never needed to try drugs. Mm, mm. I said, oh, my goodness, the things she went through. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think you're wired like that, aren't you? No matter how you raise your children, if you've got a child that, you know, is like you and me that can read about it or, you know, have a friend who's going through that, that's enough for them. But, you know, you, you can't. You can't train a child who is very much more of a hands-on kind of child. I suppose you can show them the dangers and that, but, you know, if they, if they have to go through it, they have to go through it. Yeah, and can we accept that? And can we well, accept that child? You know, that's, that's yeah. the challenge for us. Can we accept yeah. this is how the child is and just love him or her unconditionally and, and work through with them? Yeah. But again, we still need to teach because as they go through these issues, maybe they're like the second person. They're going to make their own immunities eventually, but they have to have those teachings, those core foundations to fall back on. Mm -hmm. And again, to say something like, well, you can make your choice, but you can't choose the consequence. Mm -hmm. Remember that, you know, they need to know these things. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you do that, this will happen. I had one daughter who... She was going down a pathway that, that wasn't very wise in her teenage years. And I said, you know, if you keep on this way, this is going to happen. And she says, oh, Mom, I'm different. I'm different. I'm not going to be like that. And I said, honey, <laughs> if you are on this road, this is the end of that road. It's not any different for you than anybody else. She had a really hard time with that, and I think most teenagers and young people feel that way. But I'm different. It won't happen to me. And I think one thing we just need to keep teaching, repetition, repetition, repetition. This is the end of that path. If you continue on it, you know, it's the, the end isn't different for you than anybody else. Yeah. And it's hard, and they might not believe us, and they might have to go find out. Yeah. Or they might believe us. But they'll remember what we said. They will. Yeah, they will. They will. And, uh, you know, I was, I was going to say, you know, we can help our children as parents be their best, but what if their best isn't what we expect? And that's what you're saying. You know, we've got to accept that that's who they are, you know, because we want them to be who they are. We want to encourage them. Right. You don't want to stifle them. You don't want to – sometimes when you're trying to stifle all the bad, you stifle the good, too. Yeah. So there yeah. has to be a balance. And, it's, yeah. you know, again, it's something I think we can only do with 
some inspiration from God yeah. with asking for help and ideas and direction because, you know, we don't know everything, and he does. And and our children are his children, and he knows the end of their road, and, and he knows their hearts, and he can help us. Well, yes, it, yeah. I, I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, it's not just about me. It's about, you know, what does God have planned for my children? How is he molding them? How is he shaping them? Because they might be going and making completely different mistakes to the ones I made. Right. You know, so we're not exactly the same people. So, you know, I was allowed to go ahead and make my mistakes. Actually, I wasn't as, <laughs> I wasn't as open with my parents as my children are with me. And in a way, that's a curse and a blessing. Well, you know, I I got a lot happier when I quit reading my children's Facebook posts. (laughs) (laughs) I I decided I don't want to know what they're doing. (laughs) Exactly. I don't even want to be. And in fact, my children would rather I wasn't. And it's not that they're not hiding anything. It's just they don't feel they can be their kind of young people selves yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, they will. They'll they'll grow into them, you know, be be more mature. But... uh, I understand. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go and creep on their, <laughs> on their Facebooks. <laughs> That's what I well, think, you know, you they know. friended me and, and basically allowed me to. But um, then I'm just kind of like, oh my goodness, and I want to fix it and I want to correct them. And it's yeah. like, no, oh, no, no. You know, I'm yeah. happier if I just don't read it. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit then about rebellion. Do you think rebellion is healthy when they're young? Do you think it's a healthy thing? And how do we deal with it? Um, I have I have mixed feelings. Um, I think we don't want Hitler Youth. No, I, you know what I'm saying. I want my children to obey, but I don't want them to obey all authority without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to obey the child kidnapper who tells them to come this way. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want them to obey um, just any adult just because, but I want them to obey me. And so that's very hard. How do you raise independent children um, who can think but will still listen to you? Mm-hmm. And I, it's very difficult. I keep saying it's hard and difficult, but it's not impossible. I've, mm-hmm. I've done it. You've done it. It is possible. I think when I say it's hard, what the hard part is is my feelings about it. The hardest part about it is me overcoming me, and that's what I have to work on is how, you know, letting go, reminding myself to let go. So when I say it's hard, that's what I mean. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so I want, you know, in the scriptures, obedience to God is a big deal, and yet God doesn't force us, does he? No. And he he gives us what we need, not what we deserve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I need to go on a really short break, but can you come back for about five more minutes and we'll sure. finish our thought? Okay, thank you. Do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Shanna, before we went on our break, we were talking about um, rebellion. You were saying, you know, it's, it's important to obey God. And, and I think sometimes when I, when I look through the Ten Commandments, that we can look at those commandments not as a way to put a damper on our lives, but as a way to, you know, enhance and really be happy in our lives if we follow those. Because if you look at any one of them and think about, you know, the repercussions, the consequences of breaking one of those commandments, it causes so much pain. That's true. I, you know, I think they are protections for us, not mm-hmm. not fences. They are mm-hmm. bridges to a better life and and better happiness in our families. Um, I was I was just thinking about. Uh, Two ways of looking at life um, that was created by Dr. Randy Chatelain from Weber State University. He said people view life as either an oppositional system or an opportunity system. And an oppositional system is basically win-lose. If I let you win, I lose. Uh, Mm -hmm. Life is seen as a fight to win. But an opportunity system is life is seen as an opportunity to grow. It's a win-win situation. I win, you win, the relationship can win. There's enough opportunity for everyone. And I think that's how we should raise our children to obey us, is not with the it's me or else, Mm -hmm. but with let's talk about this, you know, how can we compromise 
And one thing I say to my kids is, you know, if I'm not telling you to do something illegal or immoral, you need to consider what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but sometimes they won't. And I think the, the best thing we can do is try to keep our anger and our ego out of it. Mm. Now, sometimes we still need to provide consequences. Sometimes we need to let the natural consequences happen. But we can do that without the anger. Yeah, yeah. We can still be there for them and listen to them and support them and, you know, commiserate with them. But we don't have to step in. The hardest thing, I think, for me is realizing that it's not my life. It's their life. Right. Yeah. That's true. And uh, I would like to say one something little thing about um late bloomers yeah you had you had previously asked me a question about what about children who haven't left home by the time they're 30 and this and that or what about children who are struggling they're geniuses but no motivation Mm. uh, or gifted and, and just unmotivated you know i've had some of these too and but there's something to be said about late bloomers I have a couple of my sons and one of my cousins who are late bloomers. When they were teenagers and young adults, you just didn't think they were going to do anything with their life. But then they turn around mm. as they get older, approaching their 30s, into you know, approaching their 40s, and suddenly they make something of their life because mom and dad gave them the keys and the foundation. And while they were floundering, everyone was worried and just thought it was a lost cause, but it wasn't. Mm. They were sort of in moratorium finding themselves or or creating themselves. But when they did come to themselves, maybe like the prodigal son, they had the foundation from their childhood to bloom. Yeah. And I I think maybe we need to worry a little less and... and, uh, Again, let go and let God. Well, and it's it's great to hear from somebody who has, I mean, because how old is your oldest? Um, 37. Yeah, so, you know, you've got some of your oldest uh, have been guests, not yours, but I've, <laughs> I've had that age group who have got these young children, you know, these 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds, and they're going through, you know, and it's it's nice to see because they don't think of themselves. I don't think it's taken me a long time to think, what did I put my parents through? You know, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. until my children are putting me through this stuff that I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, what did I put my parents through? So they're not at 37 with their children. They're not thinking, what did I put my parents through? I think they're thinking more, oh, my gosh, how am I going to deal with this 12-year-old? You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's nice to hear from somebody who's, who's you know, sort of got their children who are, who are quite a lot older than 12. Um who you know you know they're always children and they always need your love and the late bloomers are fine don't be worried about them if they do make choices that you don't think are brilliant choices eventually if they've got a strong foundation which i believe you know and prayer from us mums dads um you know they will eventually and let god you know shape them mold them to become who he wants them to be because they're all unique we don't want to raise clones do we no, absolutely not. No. I totally agree with you. Well, Shanna, it's been a delight talking to you as usual. Do you have a website you want to direct my listeners to? Oh, sure. Um, 
if they have young children or grandchildren, uh, early reading the right way at thegodfreemethod.com. Okay, well, I have that linked. You I love can that. find me on Facebook, Shauna B. Godfrey. I also have a fan page for The Godfrey Method on Facebook. Okay. And I'm on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I can do that too. I, I usually tweet my shows, so um, you'll be getting some tweets from me. Um, well, Shana, thank you so much. I've been talking to Shana Godfrey, creator of the phonics program called The Godfrey Method, and she gave you just, just pop on and do The Godfrey Method and you'll find it, a phonics reading system. Um, GodfreyMethod.com is what it is. Shanna's a homeschooling mother of 14 children. Today we talked about the older end of the raising adult spectrum. And I hope you gain confidence in what can be a rewarding and fascinating time with our older children as we help them unravel the blueprints that they can put to use as they break into their independent and contributing phase of their lives. Many thanks for joining me this afternoon, Shanna. You have a refreshing weekend and I look forward to talking to you again. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was great. I hope that uplifted some of you with with older children, and um, I know it did me. So I also have um, a little uplifting story, the uplifting part of my week uh, with my analogy of the waves. Someone asked me to mentor her. Now, I've never been a mentor before, and I was delighted. And after thinking about it, I obeyed, because quite honestly, if you look at Titus 2, verses 3 to 5, I, as an old woman, should help younger women on their life journey. And she had a couple of lovely things to say about me, which made me blush. She described me as a veteran homeschooling mum who's raised and graduated four children who are now successful independent adults. Well, it's always refreshing to get another perspective on the concept of successful and independent. Um, she raved about my radio show, calling me a fascinating person who has interviewed some really cool people. She likes my show because it's refreshing and diverse in its content. I do tend to jump around all over the place. And I use homeschooling as the common thread, which I do. She said that I have a wicked sense of humor. I'm glad that comes across. And that I'm a straight shooter and that I'm super encouraging and friendly. So, yeah, I wrote that way straight to shore. Thanks, Renee. And talking of fans, Tina in California. Hi, Tina. Gave me a heads up about a possible copy blog site that looked just like mine. Thanks for the warning. And it's good to have friends on the lookout for you in this crazy electronic age. But I am having my blog revamped and I had a Skype session with my webmaster this week and we've completed all the import and export of my posts and I'm looking forward to choosing themes hopefully this weekend and making it pretty so that I can share it with you and start tweeting again and I've taken a leaf out of Tina's book while I'm in England yes Tina that's you again she doesn't like schedules even though I believe them to help me through my day she finds they hinder her and so she struggles with them since arriving here in England and being sick I've vowed every day to get myself on a writing schedule so that I don't wander around the internet checking social media, looking up prospective guests, scheduling tweets and forgetting to write. With this random approach to the day, I found at the beginning that although I stayed up late with the light, I still wouldn't be able to share my daily achievements with anyone. And I love daily achievements. So each morning I promised myself the sweet task of drawing up a schedule. I really do enjoy doing that. So I don't know what was holding me back, but as I said, ill health was dogging me. Then all of a sudden I'm finding that I don't need my trusty, rigid, brittle timetable to be able to write on a particular project for two hours. I can be strong and resist 
temptation to click on Safari or Google a word or phrase or anything that pops into my mind. I just have a notebook next to me and I write it down for later. That takes some willpower, you see. Then I'll take a break without checking the time and I'll eat something with my blue-eyed cowboy and then I'll start doing other stuff that includes my blogging, searching for guests, researching for stories or even the mammoth task of labelling my huge library of photos. Yes, I'm doing that. If I use discipline while sitting in front of my multimedia screen, I can keep my mind focused on tasks in hand. And actually, I'm pretty proud of myself that I don't have a schedule. Um, So now, without the help of a schedule, I have everything under control. And so by living it, I can do it. So are you proud of me, Tina? And still on the subject of Tina, while I have your attention, you're bringing your family to England, or at least you're considering it, um, and for a holiday. And here's a few pointers to try and keep it fun and educational at the same time. You need to decide where you want to go. We never had much of a choice, so we stayed either in London, close to my brother, or in Broadstairs, where everyone else was. And I'm not kidding. Brohag was in London. Parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, and more were in Broadstairs. He obviously missed the family memo all those years ago. And hang on a minute. I did too. In London, there is so much to do. It's insane. I mean, there are 10 or 12 churches in a square mile if you want to do churches, but don't overdo it. Choose one or two of everything. Museums, art galleries, churches, historic homes, outings, like a trip down the river or a visit to the Globe Theatre with a plate thrown in if you enjoy Shakespeare. As eating out regularly, extremely expensive. You can go to a supermarket, you can get cheese and you can get bread. Sainsbury's is my favourite. That is a trip and a half. And um, don't go to McDonald's. Find fish and chip shops. We used to have a rule, nothing American. So if you need your coffee, there's lots of little cafes that you can go to. And, oh, get an Oyster card and travel by train. And you can do train and bus. And that is so much fun. You get to really meet the English people. And there's loads more i'll yabber on about it next week or the next couple of weeks and i have done rattling i'll be back same time same place next week with more ado about london that's friday at noon in texas or 6 p.m here in merry old and i'm off to the jolly woodman a good way to end the week tomorrow we've got people looking over the flat and on sunday we're having a birthday breakfast for my nephew who turned 10 this week happy birthday nathaniel without further ado i'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight our four children who are the result of that belief the hard-working staff at Tokyo radio my guest week shanna godfrey and you my faithful listeners especially hannah joel kathy dorothea rosemary kathleen jane olivia tina and sue yes you and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience the lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Talk.